to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome everybody. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 204. Hard to believe, and we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around, bang! Not sure where you ended up. Spin it around, find Texas southeast side of Texas is Houston, southwest side of Houston in Sugarland. Just about coming out of the COVID quarantine. Uh, we're going to be back in studio. Uh, in a couple of weeks, really looking forward to that. Uh, the so we're going to have a couple of mole shows where we're just coming out of the hole, and then we're going to be getting back in the, the getting the band back together in the studio in a couple of weeks. It's going to be awesome. So we're we're not pastors; we're just regular guys, and recognize that each are on our own spiritual journey. We all feel that uh, men are leaders, leaders of your family, leaders at work, leaders in your church and community, but sometimes the lead dog needs to be fed and spiritually recharged, and that's why we're here. So whether you found us on Facebook or SoundCloud, where we archive all of our podcasts, Apple Podcasts, our website, man-upspiritualoasis.com, pray.com, or our YouTube channel, we're so glad that you're joining us. And of course, we, we have a big announcement that's coming up a little bit later on. Don't totally want to take the uh, cat out of the bag. But um, what we do is we basically take a ABF, Don't Bible Fellowship, um, Sunday School lesson. And uh, we're in the Baptist Way Press. This is the remarkable journey begins. We pretty much uh, have a brief overview and then we read the scripture, and then we have a further discussion where we we kind of put a man spin on it, we kind of update it, we apply it to our world, um, and dig a little bit deeper in, and get a little bit of application, and, and, and take the uh, church answers out of it. So, and with that, I have a great panel, and he's a world-class policy writer, a bit of a professional gambler. He's our producer, Steve Titch. Hey, Steve. Hello, Steve. Mr. Steve. Hello. Attorney and former now prosecutor, uh, kind of the group historian as well, uh, Michael Cropper. We call him the judge. Hey, Mike. Hi, Bill. Hi, guys. Hi, Mike. Hi, Steve. <laughs> Corporate trainer in the group uh, theologian. We call him the professor, a trainer at a Fortune 100 company, mm -hmm. not one of those pansy 500 ones, but uh, Robert Koshu. Hey, Robert. Uh, Robert. Robert. And all the way from his backyard, uh, we call, he's the deacon of the group, Kyle Trahan. Hey, Kyle. Kyle. Hey, Kyle. Bill undisclosed he's, location. He's, he's isolated. Undisclosed. undisclosed. He's, he's isolated himself. Undisclosed backyard. Darn right. Basically a salesman and uh, the director. Uh, and with that, going to go ahead and start with the overview and uh, start with Mr. Steve Titch. Yeah, oh, we're going to talk about uh, Mark uh, chapter 1, verses 36 through 45. Things are happening very quickly. This is still in chapter 1. It's another healing. It's the healing of a leper, but it's 
we're going to go a little deeper, at least I want to, because it's not a typical healing. We've, we've already seen him cure his mother-in-law of a, a fever. He's exercised some demons. He's, cured, he's, he's, he's healed some people in the town. But now he comes to this leper. And I think this opens the door for a discussion very, very much applicable to our times, is how do we treat a group of people that the legal and moral authorities, the religious authorities in this case, basically say it's okay to hate and dehumanize. Uh, Kind of a superficial discussion, sounds like. Uh, Hey, uh, Professor Koshu, your overview. (laughs) Yeah, this is, this is, it's interesting because we do see how Jesus interacts with people that have been socially put aside for lack of a better term and how he treats those who have been pushed to the side, ostracized by society and how he shows that even in those instances, he still calls out and reaches. And I think that's the, that's really the huge message here as we look at it. Excellent. Uh, Kyle Trahan. You know, I know I've said it in the past, and uh, when we talk of the uh, fruits of the Spirit, that uh, the, the Spirit of healing is probably one of my most, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm most fascinated by it. And certainly wished I had had that, because to be able to walk up and say, be clean, and somebody is healed of whatever that infirmity is, is just one amazing and awesome power that uh, I, I wish we were still able to tap into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Michael Cropper. Yeah, as David Robert mentioned, uh, we, we, the lesson and the scripture you're going to read is about um, a leper is healed by Jesus. And uh, Steve has aptly put it that we will probably look at the other other areas of our lives in reality and practicality on, on who we might, in fact, ostracize ourselves or who we might set aside. Um, the Jewish people developed other levels of acceptance with themselves and strangers as well. Um, a Jew did not socialize with Samaritans or Gentiles, and many of them looked down on the poor, the widows, and the orphans. This had been dealt with in the New Testament as well. Steve painted the picture with a much broader stroke and a brush when we will look at our own views of what we do not accept. Now explore this further. Our, our, today, our social strata breaks down to various levels. We have levels at which we view people's importance. Very interesting. Some of the upper levels that we can be found are occupations, such as doctors, uh, lawyers, engineers, airline pilots, uh, other people who are categorically not- notoriety, uh, found in notoriety and fame, which would be movie stars, self-made billionaires, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, and then the wealthy families who have existed for a while, Rockefellers, Rothschilds, etc. So where am I going? I'm going the other end of the spectrum, like we mentioned. Who are some of the people who we do not hold in high esteem? Oh, well, again, lawyers might fall into this category, too. <laughs> But I I am generally talking about the person we may look down on or specifically not socialize with. I'm not talking about criminals. I'm talking about really homeless, 
the sick persons with AIDS, cancer, these things, as the guys have mentioned so far, these are a few examples who fall in this category. So today's lessons addresses one of those categories, and we'll be talking about our own perceptions and biases, I hope. Bill? Man, remind me not to follow Mike <laughs> next time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was going to cover like a third of that. Um, you all right, I'm going to go ahead. <laughs> right. All right. Um, this is the uh, scripture, Mark 1, 36 through 45. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let's go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing. He said, be clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go. Show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. Tell you what, if somebody healed me of my leprosy, I'd be out on the, I don't think I'd make it back to the church. I think I'd be out telling everybody I ran into. Scream it from the rooftops. Yeah, exactly. it'd be hard. It would be hard to, to walk quietly to the church and tell the preacher, uh, hey, I want to give a, a donation, a gift, or a sacrifice uh, because I have been completely cleansed and healed, which I from this leprosy, which has kept me isolated from everyone all my life, my family, everybody. But anyway, uh, uh, needless to say, we gotta follow the rules, right, guys? Well, or do we? well, let's well, let, let us talk to Steve. Let's bring Stephen on this. Well, before we start going into that, I, I want to talk about Steve. Steve caught this, and I went and did the research on it too because I'm kind of irritated at the NIV translators right now. Whoa. <laughs> oh, because I'm glad he's bringing this up. No, okay. no, I am, we need an I explanation am, there, Robert. I am incredibly, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. I'm pissed at the last translation of the NIV because they made a change that when I, I dug into, I pulled all my Greek junk out after Steve sent, sent me a text. And so the, the original NIV, and I did not grab mine. But I have it here. I, I ah, the, the original. And we're talking about verse 41. 41. So the NIV translation was originally done in the early 90s, late 80s. And then it was kind of, quote unquote, revamped in uh, 2010, if I remember correctly. 
So what we read was actually the NIV translation in verse 41 that Bill read a second ago says Jesus was in, indigent. I never can say indignant. that word. Indignant. Indignant. Thank you. Yeah. Indignant. He reached out his hand, touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. So Steve has what was the original NIV translation of that, which reads... The 41 begins, filled with compassion, Jesus reached uh, out his hand and touched the man. And filled with compassion, you will find that in most of the other... Yeah, most of the other translations actually have that. Um, I actually looked up the... uh, Dang it, I closed it. Actually looked up the message, and it it was actually even better. And mm-hmm. so, what happened is there there are multiple Greek manuscripts, right, that, that are used to do scriptural translation. The original, the more the earlier, and the one it's more common in is the Greek word spelangkristis, spelangkristis, which stands like moved with pity, and it's the earlier greek manuscripts and if you look at it jesus's actions after that actually backed up that he reached out to the guy he touched the guy everything there leads to compassion that he that he was and even better if you cross-reference this same story occurs without that one sentence in it basically in luke 5 12 through 14 and matthew 8 2 through 4 and if you're going with the theory that Mark is the earlier gospel and that Matthew and Luke expounded on it and added other stories to it, then they left that whole ignorant piece completely out of the whole conversation. And it's, it's one of those, I don't see, a, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go do a deep dive on, on the translators. And you can find that it's, it's not quick and easy. That's why I couldn't do it before the podcast. Because I didn't totally pick up on this till Steve sent the text, but I, I want to go see what the logic was behind this. I, I really it's, do. It's worth looking at. Now, I, I'm 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 glad. You, actually, I did not know which one was the earlier manuscript. So so thank yeah. you for that. And again, I I look, found this out earlier, like later this afternoon. And and Sunday we talked about it in class as if it was a translation issue, but it is not. It is a manuscript issue. But right. uh, leaving, I, I, I think I, I, your reaction, you said you were pissed. I like <laughs> that. Whatever we go about, because I think I think it's important because Jesus is not being indignant at the beggar, at the leper. Yeah. He is yeah. being indignant at the culture. Because well, and, right. and, and, if and he's I, being indignant at anything, I think he's being indignant at it. According to Mosaic law, the cities were supposed to lepers were excluded. And there was mm-hmm. there was a it, it sounds when you read the law like it's a spiritual reason, but it's not. It's a medical thing. They didn't have medicine and things right. that would keep right. infections out. So the whole way they treated leprosy was if you get it in here, it's going to devastate the community, blah, blah, blah. But the towns and cities were required to set up an area of the community. And the easiest thing to think about it is the leper's colony that's founded over in India that Mother Teresa worked in. Mm-hmm. And evidently the Jewish cities were lackadaisical at best. 
in the, setting these areas up I, by the time of Jesus. I, I, I appreciate because because I think this all falls into where I want to go with this. Because first of all, true this this uh, this this episode, this story appears in all three synoptic gospels. It's little different details, but there's one common detail, one common aspect is that Jesus touched the leper. Uh, and he told him not to go tell anybody. Well, 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 yeah. But he touched yeah. the leper. But that's that's part of it because we've seen him heal people without touching them. He's just he's he's healed people from long distance. He touches this, which is to me, we talk about radical Jesus radicalism. This is hugely transgressive. This is a mm-hmm. taboo that he's crossed. There, there are people who probably may, who may have been there who saw, yeah, we're, 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 we're with you, Jesus. And he does this and they say, I am out of here because that is one, 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 one bridge too far to mix my metaphors. But uh, what, what we have here, but where I want to take this is that to some extent, the people who were offended could fall back on the Torah. If, if you look at, this whole skin skin disease aspect, it's Leviticus 13 and 14, where the Mosaic law goes into the treatment of these of 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 how how the community is to evolve, to to treat these people. And yes, they they were contagious. Let me find it. This is this is Leviticus 13:45. The person with such infectious disease must wear torn clothes. Let his hair be unkempt. Cover the lower part of his face and cry out, "Unclean, unclean." It's interesting what you're looking at there. Some I'm, of I'm the trying. They, they they were. I will I will I will dig this. They were they were supposed to wear a sign and walk around and declare themselves unclean. Yell it out. Now this is. This is written, you know, the, the Torah is a thousand years old at this time, and, and, and there may have been certain health reasons, and they were in the desert. What this has become at this point, as Jesus is, is on the scene, as this has become institutionalized, we can, we can treat the lepers as badly as we want to because it's okay. Even the Torah says things about having compassion for widows and orphans. You know, we can raise our kids to throw stones at the lepers, laugh at them, shush them away, treat them as subhuman. That's the point. They can be dehumanized. And there seems to be, I'm going to say seems to be, spiritual or or biblical or Torah authority for them to do this. And so where there I was, want to go with this, was, let me finish. I got there was not Torah death. authority. Oh, I want a Torah interpreted authority. Interpret, yeah, maybe it's interpreted, <laughs> but this is this is exactly the same. By touching, by touching that leper, Jesus was demonstrating that anyone who uses the Torah and by extension the Bible to validate their prejudices, their hate, their superiority status of the world which does not exist before God, as we know in Galatians, their interpretation is wrong. Whoa. <laughs> I see in verse hey, 11. Ready to go ahead yeah, we're, we're, we're going about as no church answer tonight as you can. Not all of the, guys, not all of the, let me say church answers tour. Uh, let's go ahead and take our first break. And uh, this is Man Up podcast number 204. We will be right back. The Man Up Podcast No Church Answers Tour is going live. 
That's right. The gambler, the professor, the judge, the deacon, and me. Bill Cox, the director, will record a podcast with a live audience Saturday, June 19th at 10 a.m. up on the third floor at Sugarland Baptist Church in Sugarland. For our listeners in the Houston area, this is an awesome way to begin your Father's Day weekend. So come on down, meet the fellas, and be part of the show. Admission is free, so be sure to get here early. We've got a special Bible study plan, and there will even be some audience participation. And yes, the show will post a few weeks later in our regular feed. So that's the Man Up Spiritual Oasis live podcast recording, 10 a.m., Saturday, June 19th at Sugarland Baptist Church. The exact address is 16755 Southwest Freeway, approximately. That's Highway 59 and Sweetwater Boulevard, Sugarland, Texas. Hope to see you there. And now back to the Man Up podcast number 204. Um, Steve brought up a very uh, interesting uh, idea. And I just want to share something on a personal level and kind of bring this up to date. Uh, And we can dive right into the uh, homosexual issue. Um, I had back in the... uh, well, gosh, right about the time I got married, a good friend of mine who uh, I worked with was openly gay. He was even in my uh, wedding. Uh, he contracted AIDS and eventually died from it. So I have my own experience with my own religious background and how to deal with uh, homosexuals and the way that gay were were going on and yet here was a person that I really liked so I can tell you that my own personal experience kind of shaped the how closely I followed the church doctrine at the time because understand just like COVID we didn't really know it was it was a pretty muddy uh situation for quite a few years and and so that that is that is real what steve said is real and i think uh you change it individually and so i just want to go ahead and throw that out and bring in michael proper in on this discussion (laughs) you would wouldn't you okay well first first of all the um validate prejudice and hate not everybody looks at homosexual with prejudice and hate uh, now, that's a very, very limited area. In fact, in, in Leviticus, where, where Steve was talking, uh, telling us about, you find a man shall not sleep with another man. It also says a woman shall not sleep with an animal. A man shall not sleep with an animal. You shall not put your children through the fire of Molech. Uh, there are certain things that God specifically says don't do. But yes, if if, if you look at certain people with hatred and prejudice, you've already sinned or abominated God. It doesn't matter whether they're homosexual or not. If you look at if you look at your brother, Jesus said, if you look at him and say, Raka, about your brother, you've sinned against God. He said, don't even come to the altar and pray. Okay, so, is it Mike? Here's a question. Here's a question, okay. Mike. Am I fighting God's battles by calling out the homosexual sin in in the people around me 
I know you're going down. You, what we're talking can be applied to the gay situation, but I'm going further. I'm going Good. further. Okay. I'm, okay. Thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking in this country race. Okay. I think there's a certain degree of validity to the idea that this, the, the way the culture is organized it is heavily biased toward white European and heavily biased against blacks. And I, and, and I know you can't argue this in the mainstream media in, or social media, but the structure is there. All I have to do, we, and, and I'll give you a one devastating example. We are supposed, Sugarland based Baptist church. We, we, are, we are building connections in the community we are in the one of the most diverse counties in the in the country. Our church expresses the values of connection and brotherhood. Yet, you walk through our parking lot on a busy Sunday, I guarantee you, you will see vehicles with Confederate flag decals on them. What message does that send to and 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 not to? We walk by them. As white guys, we walk by them because they don't register. They're in the background. And that's part of that structure. But mm. to black people or what minority people history? coming to our church and seeing that, what are they? what is the message we're sending on that? All right. What, what about the Mexican flag or the Italian flag or any other flag that they want to put out there? Because it is a Confederate flag some of it is over a slavery history. The, yes, oh, for goodness sake! For goodness sake, Kyle! That is no, Kyle. That flag was flown by a rebellion against the United States by people who supported the institution of slavery. Face it, that's the fact. It's been romanticized by the white culture, the white Southern culture. And it's not just South. I'm not going to hold the South accountable to this because this structure existed across the country. Uh, you couldn't yeah. get a mortgage if you were black in any country. You, you, you couldn't, you know, it was, it, it, the situation is this. There are, there are things we are used to as white people that we don't see. We don't see a structure that's like, that, that, that deliberately and intentionally isolates and dehumanizes a portion of the population, just like the people of Israel and Judea in this time didn't. And that's why what Jesus did was so shocking and what the example is. Take yourself out of that framework, which is hard to do. Uh, well, all right, but see- I, Well, I've I, experienced I, racism because I, I lived in Japan. <laughs> I didn't blend in at all. You're kind of tall. Hey, I, I, I lived there as well. But I also sit with a lot of black folks, uh, whatever this, uh, I almost feel politically incorrect, even saying the term now, because honestly, the, the race thing seems to be baited as so much these days, because honestly, you know, I, I grew up in the environment, a lot of us did here in the South where there was some, I didn't grow up a lot with the racism. Let me put it that way, okay? I knew black folks, I liked them, we liked each other, we hung out. Even today, 
I don't care where you come from. I, I truly don't. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. At least we're supposed to be. Love thy neighbor. Love the person that is next to you, regardless of what they look like. And if you look at where Israel is, uh, Egypt and all of that, they're not traditionally this European white that you mentioned. They're going to be a darker complexion. And so it's not, I think a lot of people have the misconception of what Jesus even would look like. Well, he was that? a white guy. Why is that's that? where you see Kyle, everywhere. I don't know that? that. Because you were raised as a child with pictures of a white Jesus and white apostles. Only and now when you're grown that. up. Who but but you're fine. That's the way you were. That's the it's way you were brought forever. up. And you didn't think about it because that was the normal to you. They were like us. Not like the, the black people, the, the, the people of color were other people. Thank heavens I'm in a religion where my savior is white. And that was, they didn't come out and say that, but that was the psychological and social framework you were in. And it's not, I'm not saying you were racist. This is what you were raised in. And that's, that's what a lot of this is about. Getting outside that, not feeling guilty about it. Okay, no, not feeling, I'm, I'm gonna, not feeling I'm gonna horrible about it, but okay. realizing that it's there. But see, I'm going to call out too because to to move beyond it, because because okay, so I'm a, I'm of the age where the I am part of the first group that ever went through school. We were totally desegregated the entire time I was in school. Period. End of discussion. I have had African American oh, yeah. friends the entire time I've been. I grew up Teachers, whole time. The work. Yeah, the whole time. the The problem is. I'm also a white guy who has been looked at and told at a job, you will not get promoted because you are not black and you are not female. My wife was told at one point she was not going to get, she couldn't go to a high school she was trying to go to because, oh, we have too many white people already. I, I think the, the answer is for all of us to take a Christian approach to it and go back to, and, and I'll quote Martin Luther King on it, everyone wants to remember I, I want a man to be judged not by the by the by the color of his skin, and they forget the second part of the statement, but on the content of his character. And I think we've got Mary, to get to the point Mary where man. everybody on both sides of the aisle quits throwing this out every time. And 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 the best example I'll throw out is on there were a couple a couple of weeks ago there was a news channel. Oh my God, we have the deed restrictions out there that say black couples can't live in our neighborhood. It was wrong to have it in there in the beginning. It was absolutely wrong from the beginning for them to be in there. But everyone's making a huge deal out of it when in reality, I guarantee you at the bare minimum, it hadn't been enforced since 1980. Exactly. But and I, and I would say anybody for, figure it out until now. Because no one's reading deed restrictions because they're the most boring documents in the history of mankind. I was the HOA president and Kyle will back me up on that. <laughs> You know, and and it's take it out of there, but it but by the same token, it, it it should have been a side story that said basically, hey, you know, we found some bunch of old deed restrictions that had this in there, and we're going to go ahead and and get it taken out. Instead, it became this okay. big, it it became clickbait. Mm -hmm. What it became? Well, that's what I said. This can't be discussed yeah. on social media because I think both oh, no. sides both sides talk past each other. I'll go first. First, say yep. when, when you talk about when when. 
And again, it's partly because of the structure we're in. Uh, you might say liberal white people look at conservative white people who, who, who you know, are a little afraid of the whole white privilege idea and they say, you don't get it. Conservative people look at liberal people and say their whole wokeness is performative. And there's truth well, to both. There's and, truth and to I, both. I will tell you this. My experience growing up in Galena Park on the east side of Houston has a has a, a incredibly blue collar person was much different than your experience growing up in in suburban New York area. where whatever part of, I can't remember off the Westchester County. Okay, Westchester County. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Westchester County. Be- because when people come to me and go, you have white privilege, I tend to look at them and say, explain to me what you mean by that. Because, you know, right. they say, well, your parents were together. Okay, so my parents chose to be together. Well, you had college. Okay, and I worked 40 hours a week and paid my way through college because back then I could afford to. Well, you, you weren't discriminated against. Mm, since I've graduated from college, I've been told I'm not going to get promoted because I'm a white male. So, since since you implied it, since you implied it, I'll say this. I'll say this. I'll define it this way. Yeah. My my three of my four grandparents were not born in the United States. Two mm-hmm. two two paternal grandparents came from Poland. One one maternal grandparent came from Italy. His his my my great grandmother came from Italy. Um, and yeah, they experienced a share of discrimination in, in the twenties. And, and, you know, probably the teens and 20s right. when they got it. No question about that. But they were able to build wealth. My father was able, my father was, was in the Marines. He was able to get, go to college on the GI Bill. You look at the history of the GI Bill and you see they basically, if you were black, you, it, despite it being there, if you were in the South, the, the states basically administered it and their Jim Crow laws made sure no black person got the benefits that that white people were getting and through the north there were all sorts of obstacles thrown in in the way so they there is a there is a situation and i think the big one the big one is the 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 the, the, the way laws and 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 social structures were built that basically prevented the creation of generation of generational wealth which when it got to our generation our parents had money. They had savings. They had they had social standing. They had upwardly mobile judge jobs. Okay, but <laughs> yeah. but but they were you you had a certain. This is what I hear from from people like my age and younger. Oh well, they all made the wrong choices. No, they didn't have the same choices you did. And again, it goes back. And I want to keep this on 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 point here, right? Right. Because I want to take this back to what what we can do about it. It goes back to sitting there and realizing what the culture is, what I'm kind of being, what the culture signals to me is okay in terms of how I can treat people, where I can put myself. And, 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 and to make this more universal, I think this is a condition of, of, of a sin, part of the sinful condition of man because every culture creates castes. We can, we can look at India and India has institutionalized the caste system for for thousands of years, a lot longer than the U.S. slavery system. You look you look elsewhere throughout it. Little always little cultures, little little castes form. Everyone wants to know where they stand, and and that I think is so so what's so radical about Jesus is that 
he he says there's none of this in the kingdom. He breaks in through. the kingdom and and Galatians. I mean, you can say you know there's no no Greek, no Jew, no man, no women. You, you can view those as oh well, it means equality for everybody. But when you look at a level, he's basically leveling the leveling the playing field because. Jews and Greeks, no matter who you are, saw each other superior to the one. Men were always superior to women. Slaves, you know, free was greater than slaves. And yet Jesus says, or, or Paul or, um, Paul says, we're all heirs. We're all children of God, which basically means we're all, to, we're all on the same level uh, And as far as God's concerned. So that's, that's where I want to take this. And Jesus, Jesus forces you to step out of that, step into that thinking or step out of the cast thinking by touching that leper. I'm sorry. That, and, and, and then I think the question for us is what do we, what do we men as men, especially older men who want to be leaders? How do we, how do we confront this? Um, how do we confront what's going on? I'll just put it on this. What's going on? Where, what do we take from each side? Okay, and with that, we're going to go ahead and take our second break, and uh, we're going to talk about confronting it uh, on the other side. So podcast number 204, we will be right back. Hey, pastors Pastors and church church leaders, are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract, engage, and inspire men in your congregation? Book a live Man Up Spiritual Oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event. Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com or contact Bill Cox at liveshow at manupmedia.org. And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 204. Uh, basically, uh, Steve has went into the corner. He's a little lathered up. He got uh, toweled off. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to open it back up. Uh, I know he's passionate about the subject. Uh, I haven't said much. I'll just put my two cents in. It's worth about a cent and a half. I uh, pretty much don't believe in what you said, Steve. I'll just go ahead and be right up front. But let you go ahead and continue on. No, I, go ahead. I, I've said my piece. I should get <laughs> for rebuttal and 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 uh, and let you guys let you guys go. <laughs> uh, the way I feel about it, quite simply, is this: uh, Yeah, of course, you can look at uh, macro, social, and economical norms and histories and stuff. Ultimately, what I deal with is. Uh, my past, my present, my future, uh, in my own little circles, um, that, uh, as a stone that hits the water, that's pretty much, uh, my influence on other people. And the way I do it is this, whatever struggle you have, don't avoid it, go through it. My advice is on a personal level. I've never even realized what white privilege was, It just so happens the people around me were white. They were farmers, too, just like all the rest of us. I went in the military, black, white, whatever was in there. We all struggled. We all worked our way through it. I'm sorry to hear about some vets not taking advantage of the GI Bill. I was one. I did. It helped me pay through 
Central Michigan. Surely, it certainly didn't pay at all, but it, it helped big time. And then I'm continuing on with my life, uh, trying to be as, uh, um, as equal and kind to everybody regardless. So, um, and I, I certainly understand the, uh, the macro struggle, but uh, I think in everybody's life, uh, there's always a struggle. So, just lately, um, I, I, I will mention this. I know you guys have seen in the news a couple times uh, recently where there have been some Asians, especially attacked here in the city of Houston by black people, and they're beat up. And uh, I, I, so, what you said, Bill, is I, I agree with you. Trouble completely. Race is a problem, but not everybody applies the racism that Steve pointed out. It's generally a few people. If you wave the red flag at the bullet, it's going to attack. And the, uh, the, and the media has been very good, like, like Kyle said earlier, about being clickbait or, or picking up on problems that make social unrest. Uh, they are real good about picking up stories and, and, and waving it like a, <clears throat> a red flag at the people. And, and, and when a story is let go and when it is finally people getting healed over it, uh, both sides, uh, then they'll pick it up again a year later and say, this is what happened a year ago and everything like that. Instead of mentioning the news, they go into these editorials. Uh, Steve, you've mentioned that very clearly that, that the news is not really news. It's, it's opinion and it's, it's placed categorically in such a way that to make people mad because that's what draws viewers. Okay. Um, there are plenty of people, plenty of white people, as we know, we've, we've seen what's happened with police officers uh, uh, shooting some some black people. And I think that's absolutely wrong. But there are plenty of white people being shot too at the same time. And uh, anyway, now I will say this, I admire you and uh, for you saying this, Steve. Now, Christianity levels the playing field. That is the key to this whole thing. Uh, and, and it's how we treat other people as men uh, having families who look at us and watch us and see how we treat individuals. Our family looks to see how we're going to react to a specific, maybe news story on the news uh, regarding racial issues or, or ethnic issues or ethnic groups. Our family looks at us and then, and then that goes out. It becomes a source of our um, a reputation for our family. So it's very important that we use Christian um, priorities and 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 uh, uh, rules and everything to to guide our lives, so that everyone who sees us will say he's a Christian. Um, anyway, um, someone else. And and I think that is I think maybe that is the key. His men and Kyle, what do you think? I'm I'm curious too. Is I think it's more on us to call out when the red flag is being waved now to point out that, to look at it and say, Hey, look, you know, what happened is wrong, but we don't need to be throwing the red flag every time for every time thing that happens. Well, I can get, I I can only control myself and, you know, and this is a hard subject and this is why we're, the No Church Answers Tour, but I'm just going to put it out there. I'm not really into self-flagellation, so I'm not going to beat myself up out about the whole 
environment of what's going on. I can control myself and what I pay attention to and what I have influence over. But as far as beating myself up over uh, who I am and what I've done in the past and that kind of thing, I'm not going to do it. Just <laughs> not the not 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 how it's going to happen. Well, let's let's go back a couple other things, Bill. You mentioned that you were going to talk about these. Um, the, the leper can represent the homeless on the street. Uh, the other individuals you mentioned, homosexuals, they can, they can, I, hey, I tell absolutely. you, do, do we, are we doing wrong by avoiding certain people, whether quadriplegics or they're, they're ill, they have cancer, they're going to die. Do we find ourselves doing this? And, and by the way, have you done the, as we live and as we serve and do different things, like, like uh, all you fellas do, um, I wasn't really all that excited about uh, helping out at the homeless, but Beverly got me involved and I really like it, you know, just like dealing with uh, AIDS patients and stuff. I wasn't really crazy about that either. But as I yeah. got into it and I got to know him, you know, you know, it's the it's the struggles and that you're sharing with these people. I mean. Uh, you know, I know Kyle talks a lot of time about curing people, but I think there's a whole lot of curing in caring and sharing the burden with people. And I oh, think a lot true. we're called to do and 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 you know what? I'm willing to do it. Well, and, and the thing is, and, and I think this is Steve, this is kind of looping it back into the whole point of setting up separate but equal back in the Jim Crow era was to make people disappear. And instead of sticking people over to the side anymore and putting them over in an area, we let them move freely among everybody and we, and they become invisible. And, you know, Bill, you said it many times over <clears throat> how many times and Kyle, you've talked about it too. How many times do we, go past somebody, go past the homeless guy and not even see them Yes, or not pay attention to them. Or we don't see the homosexual who's hurting, or we don't see the African-American that has the total separate or total different experience because they've been treated differently or don't see the, uh, I'll be honest, don't see the poor white kid. You know, that's as big. The idea is that we, as Christian men, we go out and we reach out and make sure that everyone is seen as they come through and that they're valued as individuals and individual people. And I think that that's really the ultimate calling. And that's also really the only way we're ever going to deal with it as Christian men is to call out and say, Hey, look, everyone matters. Everyone has a purpose and everyone is valuable. Those are the people that we have to approach. And that's the way we have to approach it. And whether you're the KKK or the radical elements of BLM, there are a lot of people that have hopped on the BLM bandwagon that have no clue, but there's a very radical strain inside of that group. And whether you're on either, and notice I said, 
the KKK or the radical side of BLM, those guys are the issues, along with the people that keep wanting to throw it out. And as Mike said, Mike, I love that that analogy of here, uh, I'm the I'm the news media. I need I need eyeballs, clicks, or whatever you want to call it. Let me rate let me wave that red flag at the bull. Yeah. Because everyone's gotten so ramped up over everything that that's what's going to make a difference. Steve. The, uh, this is all you're, all, you're all absolutely correct. Part of this is, is, is being aware of, of the brotherhood of, of those who are not seen. But I think for us too, it, we, have to, we have to go up the cast, you might say. Uh, we cannot really tolerate you know, good old grandpa or Uncle Ralph uh, who at Thanksgiving, and we all have one, you know, who, who, who says, who, who uses ethnic slurs, racial slurs in front of your children. We have to call out any sort of behavior or statements that dehumanize other people, whether we hear them from Christians or not. That I think is part of of this, and I don't, and I agree with you. You build. No, there's no self-flagellation here. Uh, you are oh, who you are. Wrong. No, no, I you're true. It. You're true. No, no, you don't. That because part of it, you you hear. Oh, we've got to, we've got to feel bad. That's why. That's why a lot of this seems so performative, as I said, because you're near not. I, 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 I'll, I'll weep and cry, but I'll then I'll go back to my gated community. It's, it's uh, so obviously. Right. That that you know it gets made fun of, which it did. But nonetheless, the underneath this all, I think, is a real issue that that we as who we want to be leaders in the church, we have to set the example with our kids to show that that there there's nobody out there who we feel is beneath us, and to have our children see that we will not tolerate that behavior or those thinking from people in our circle. Awesome. All right, that, that ends the podcast. All right. I'm just kidding. Um, I think we found uh, Steve's passion topic. That's for and, sure. And, and here, and, and guys, <laughs> anybody can search me. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm the conservative. Right. <laughs> <laughs> get some help. Okay. okay. To, to the point that I, I will tell you this, Steve and I had a little back and forth a little bit on Facebook, and. You can ask him. I'm the guys that called out everybody that took our discussion beyond. We were having a good discussion back and forth with facts and data and the whole nine yards. And and when some started calling it out, I pointed out that, and this is why you can't talk about any of this anymore. <laughs> right. That's a and, fact. and actually told them all, hey, and actually Steve and I are good friends. <laughs> Right. And well, I think that kind of shocked the podcast. <laughs> and uh, let's get some final thoughts and takeaway. Uh, I'll start with you, Kyle Trahan. I think if we were to be like Jesus, it's learning to not cringe at somebody different, to learn to accept for who they are and what they are, and try and bring bring betterness to their life in any way you can. Excellent. Uh, Michael Cropper, a takeaway from you. Yeah, Bill. The, um, the lesson, I, I agree with Carl, the, the lesson is showing us 
what we should do. Number one, do we love our enemies? Yes, Matthew 5.44. I think Jesus said you're to love your enemies. Uh, and that doesn't mean somebody who's running toward you with a knife or with a shotgun pointed at your head. Uh, that's specifically those who who criticize you, who who may try to get the best of you, best up in, in the workplace. But we the point is we do show that we're Christians by doing good. Romans 12, 14 uh, through 19 says, bless those who, who uh, persecute you, bless and do not curse them. It says, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. I think Kyle mentioned that. Yes, we are, we are to be compassionate to those who need compassion. Be of the same mind one to another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Lower yourself. Don't set yourself apart. Don't talk down to them. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no man evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it's possible, as much as depend on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, the Lord says, vengeance is mine, I will pay, saith the Lord. Therefore, verse 20, if thy enemy hunger, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him drink. For in so doing, you will reap coals of fire on his head. Uh, folks, this doesn't, this doesn't designate whether they're crippled, whether homeless, poor. This means everybody. Okay? Do these good things. This is how people know we are Christians, by doing those things which other people would not do. Bill? Excellent. They will know us. They will know we are Christians by our love. Our works. Uh, yeah, our love. I believe I hear a song there. There yeah. you go. Professor Koshu, take away from you, my man. Um, I, I, I think, as I said before, it, it's called, we're called we need to move beyond the trope and beyond the other and realize it's not just virtue signaling because that's big nowadays. I can go do something that, you know, tells everybody, ooh, look at me. It's not about that. It's about seeing people for who they are and seeing them for real human beings and loving them for the real human beings they are. And that's, that's really what we're called to do as Christians is to do that. And that I think that's how we show love to those people. Awesome. Uh, Steve Titch. Um, well, thank guys for putting. Thank you guys for putting up with me. I think we had a good discussion here. I think we set an example that you can talk about this rather civilly. Uh, I will just add. Um, it's to note that it's interesting how this story ends. We we did not talk too much about the idea of the messianic secret, and I hope maybe we bring it up in, in weeks to come, uh, because it is an interesting aspect of this. But the the story ends. The man does tell everyone about it, and and we are told that as a result. Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. And people still came to him, but he stayed outside in lonely places. And to me, we might see here actually an example, a, a, an action example of Matthew 25, 40, which of course is what you do to the least of my brothers, that's what you did to me. And uh, by touching the leper, 
Uh, Jesus becomes in some ways one with the leper, and maybe that's why he cannot go into these towns for a while. So he literally has become one with the ostracized people. Uh, and, and there are so many level, levels of this. I mean, Jesus went wherever he went, right? So perhaps in part he chose, they kept him out. The culture, the prevailing culture, you're going to love this, Robert, kept Jesus out of town. Uh, no. <laughs> and, and my parting shot, I mean, I was all huddled up. I didn't want to get Steve's, any of Steve's shrapnel on <laughs> Uh, so I just wanted to say micro action makes a macro difference. And with that, thanks so much for tuning in. This is podcast number 204. On behalf of our producer, Mr. Steve Titch, Michael Cropper, Robert Koshu, Kyle Trahan. My name is Bill Cox. This is the No Church Answers Tour, and we are going to have a live show coming up. Make sure that you check out our new YouTube channel. So whether you found us on Facebook, SoundCloud, where we archive all of our podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Pray.com. If you have any questions or comments, you can go to our Facebook page or man-upspiritualoasis.com and post them there. Hopefully you're out of the quarantine and you are able to attend a church. If you're not, check out the Sugarland Baptist Church streaming service starts Sunday mornings at 9.45, and when the quarantine is over for you, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go. Find a small group, ABF Adult Bible Fellowship or Sunday School class that you can join for discussions like this, and find one that is men only, and if there isn't one, start one. This is Men Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You've got Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man Dash Up. Post questions and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.